Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. Here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook. Yeah, I would not want to be the Fanatics uh, social media manager today. I think the NHL did exactly what the NHL does with these. I mean, you have quality time starts for all of their games, quality marketing, and so they went with a quality jersey provider. <laughs> the sarcasm right there was unbelievable. I couldn't tell if you were serious or not. Yeah, I know. You were looking at me like, uh, I was Nick. scared. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if those of you don't know, uh, Fanatics has been selected as the NHL jer- jersey provider uh, after this Adidas contract runs out after next season. And uh, people are pissed. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. So here's one thing I want to make sure that I don't think a lot of people are seeing this part because everyone's getting stuck on the whole joke of fanatics themselves. But the same factory that creates the game worn jerseys right now, the ones that are worn on the ice, fanatics is taking over that exact same one in Quebec that Adidas runs out of. They're taking over the whole same place. The jerseys are coming from the same distribution company, at least for the player worn jerseys. Fan worn, you're ready to have that breakaway tag on every single jersey you ever buy. I was going to say, I guess our jersey collecting days are probably now over. I mean, I can kind of thank Gary Bettman on this one for doing us a favor and saving us some money, or we're just going to spend a lot more money on AHL jerseys. Oh, yeah, it's going to be AHL jerseys. I should probably cash out my cart that I have for that Seattle Kraken one that I've got. Yeah, buy your Adidas jerseys now, even though I don't really even love those that much. I just miss the Reebok days, but... See, I'm new to this, so I didn't get to. Cha- I didn't get a chance. You to have a Reebok jersey sitting on your wall in front of you. Yeah, but I don't really wear it. That's I, I guess a couple times. But my only complaint is, why the heck isn't CCM the provider? They provide. They're the ones who do the AHL jerseys. Why can't they do the NHL ones too? They make sweet jerseys. I think they make the OHL jerseys too. Possibly, I don't know. We don't have an OHL jersey yet. <laughs> but CCM makes jerseys for all these other leagues. Why can't they just do the NHL ones too? Their equipment is amazing and their jersey quality is top notch so yeah fanatics great choice nhl along with the digital ads anyways and and they said they announced that at 6 a.m on a tuesday oh yeah they knew it was going to be a bad idea and it's a 10-year deal 10-year deal like do we want anything for 10 years no that's like an old ken holland contract yeah that is that is (laughs) unproven but we'll give you 10 years here you go No, I think that tweet you saw earlier from Lars sums it up perfectly. We're losing money to this company. Well, let's use them too then. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Lars. Oh, man. Well, anyways. Welcome to the Hockey Town West Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm Nick. And let's jump into this because we've got a lot to talk about this week. We do. And, and we I- are doing this Two days later than normal. Yeah, because of the Sunday game, so it kind of pushed our pushed our schedule. Because typically we schedule, uh, we record on Sunday and then have it out to you by Wednesday. Uh, I don't think Brandon's going to have this out to you by Wednesday. Uh, I'm thinking Thursday. Thursday. Thursday's kind of what I'm aiming for. It was a decent release time last. It'll be Thursday morning. So that, that's my goal. So if you're listening to this Thursday morning, I did my job. If you're not, I'm sorry. <laughs> we need a new editor. <laughs> DM us. <laughs> Position's open. <laughs> I just got fired from a podcast we started together. Oh, crap. <laughs> no, you can still talk. You just can't edit. <laughs> I've already got fired from the editing, too. Uh, well, and next week, too, will be it'll be off till Thursday. Yeah, it'll be off, too, because we're going to Toledo on Sunday. And I know we'll be exhausted on Monday. I am so excited for this. I'm thrilled. 
Uh, I'm so thrilled I'm already wearing my jersey. I'm not taking it off till Monday. <laughs> uh, you you should. <laughs> uh, let's get in. Let's get into it. So we have Griffins for what Thursday, Friday, Sunday? No, no Friday. No, Thursday, yet. Saturday, Sunday. They yeah. got Friday off this week. Yeah, I wish I had Friday off this week. Don't we all? But yeah. So, so Thursday. You, in Cleveland. In Cleveland, at Cleveland, big game because we need to, we are eight points behind. Yeah. You want to kick us off? I would love to kick us well, off there. we should probably talk about the transaction first because that affected the whole organization for our goalie situation. Yeah, it did. So we obviously, we lost Bradstrom. Was it last Saturday? Yep, Saturday at the family game. At the family game for you. <laughs> and then we had to call up Johnny on Sunday. Johnny he backed dropping. up Ned in Chicago on Sunday. Which left a position open behind Kosa in Toledo. Yeah, so the Griffins signed uh, Red Wings prospect. Jan Bednar. Yeah, Jan Bednar. Um, there's some excitement around this guy. He's one of the higher prospects in the goalie funnel for the Red Wings organization behind Kosa. Um, he's had some real up and down years of the teams he's been in, but I think it was the season before I had tweeted out the stats for him, and they were pretty darn incredible. Um, and I was reading his elite prospects profile, and it sounds like he's just one of those electric goalies that makes these unbelievable saves and his movement is so quick and precise that that's like his high part there. So if he can get the rest of his skills under control, he'll be a really solid goaltender. It sounds like and starting off in the ECHL right behind Kosa works out perfect. Now, yo yeah, I can only assume the reason the Griffin signed that contract is because the Griffins don't make the playoffs. <laughs> Let's be real here. Um, We're only eight points out. Yeah, right? <laughs> the uh, Griffins will make the playoffs. They can call him back to the Griffins and assign Lethemann back to Toledo for the playoffs and call it good. And then and, they have a backup in case anything happens to the guys down there. Correct. Kind of like how the NHL does it with what do they call them, the Black Aces uh, during the playoffs. Um, what? You never heard that before? No. So it'll be like the... Only in poker. <laughs> it'll be the group of AHL guys that still travels with the NHL team during the playoffs. So let's say, let's say for example, this year the Griffins miss and the Red Wings had made it. They would have Love, seven sorry, or eight man. guys yeah, that are just traveling with the team Sign. signed um, to be up there and be ready for injury because, I mean, playoffs injuries are common. Um, so it can be kind of one of those situations for the walleye, too. They do have a third goalie that they can use now. So... Yeah, because he's, he's currently, he was in the, the queue, which is like a goalie's nightmare from what we understand. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a guy I didn't have a guy throw something back at me after we had mentioned that. And uh, he had said that, no, like, yes, it's a high-scoring league, but some of those teams in the QMJHL are at the top of the entire league, too. Like, if you look at Halifax, they are at the top of the league. Um, so it's interesting. It's the whole Canadian Hockey League up there is very interesting when you start diving into each division of it because it's just leagues within a league <laughs> yeah it's i mean we're learning quite a bit as we go like i i mean i've been following hockey for what 20, 30 years and uh well 20 something years and there's so many leagues and how they move up and down and, and now i'm looking at go trying to go to a muskegon game <laughs> that's too far for me not it's an far. hour 
Not like that. Like it's too <laughs> too deep in the hockey system for me right there right now. I'm still trying to understand the OHL. Well, I when today I was listening and Will Smith, one of our prospect, like potential draft prospect, he plays in he plays against Muskegon. Oh. Against Muskegon. Against Muskegon. Oh, he doesn't play for Muskegon. No, he doesn't play for Muskegon. So I'm like, oh, let's see what the schedule... They don't play the NDD... NT... Whatever, the national team. They don't play the national team uh, the rest of this year. But I thought it was interesting to take a look. I'm always open for new barns. Oh, yeah. It's cool to check out new places. Um, But yeah, that that Bednar signing is cool. Um, It's good to see him get in the system now. It's kind of one that you forget about behind all the talk of Kosa and that he's there. I mean, there's another goalie prospect the Wings have, too. Don't ask me his name. I can't remember off the top of my head, but we'll see him in action against U of M um, in the first round of the men's ice hockey tournament. So that'll be cool as well. He plays for that Colgate team. Yeah, he's really good. It sounds like he's really good. So maybe he could steal, if he steals a game against a Michigan team that plays like that. Holy smokes, that'd be crazy. We can get all we really need is like two, maybe two out of the four goalies to to hit. We're, I mean, we're in good position. They're gonna take so much longer to develop. Still, yeah. I even thought, you know, yesterday we sat here and we, we were talking Costa, Costa, Costa for next year in the AHL. I'm not even against him spending two years in the ECHL. No, I want him here now. I know you do, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm not rushing that kid's development because he is picking it up and doing so well. I think he's proved that he's he's done well in the ECHL. It's time for him to move up. Yeah. But let's jump into the Griffins now. Yeah. Talk about Tuesday, or not Tuesday. I keep doing this. It's Thursday. Tuesday, Thursday games in Cleveland are killing me. Uh, Thursday, Thursday in Cleveland, the Griffins win 4-3 in overtime. Another overtime game for this team. But another overtime win, which you love to see. So... This one started off started off weird for me. The Griffins came out firing on all cylinders, but it took it just I don't know it just felt like a weird game. Because it was in Cleveland. Yeah, probably on a Thursday. Still had sixty one hundred for the uh, attendance there on the Thursday in Cleveland, so that's pretty impressive. That's pretty good. Um, but anyways, so Griffins uh, led with shots in that period thirteen to nine. Two goals scored in that period. Cleveland kicked off the scoring three minutes, about four minutes into the game. Um, and then a couple minutes later, Zarnik uh, gets uh, the Griffins on the board, tie the game. But Zarnik assisted by Bliss. It was a nice little shot from Zarnik. Um, Bliss's birthday was this week, too. You jumped the gun there. <laughs> Sorry. No, yeah, it was this week. So happy birthday, Bliss. But Zarnik, well, he was still back with the team again because he's been called up since this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's all been, over the place. Oh my gosh, I'm still trying to get my Sarnik jersey signed from the Red Kettle game, and they replied back. They're like, "We're holding it. We're we think he'll be back before the end of the season, so we're holding it here instead of sending it out to Detroit." So I'm I'm just getting nervous with the amount of time left. Did you ask him where my Valeno one was? No. Oh. They're gonna have to send that one out, buddy. What if he gets sent? No, I'm kidding. Um. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, second period. I mean, this is this is the weird. This is where the game was weird for me because each period there was two goals scored, one by each team, <laughs> until until the overtime period. So it was just it was just a really back and forth game. So it was one ten minutes into the second here, O'Regan got us the lead, put us up two to one, assisted by Les Perrins and Hiroshi on the power play. That goal was kind of weird. I don't know if you remember it, but he was like sitting right in front of the goal, like. And there was four Cleveland guys around him, and he just cleans up the rebound. Well, it was another thing where Lesby cleans up that first rebound, 
and gets the puck in the right place on a, in front of O'Regan and it ends up in the net. Just, a, again, another example of Les Perrant's, his net front play at the center position he's been playing is incredible. Like, he knows what he's doing up there, and he's been really good at it, and he's been super aggressive about it, too. But yeah, Les Perrant's getting the assist, and Hiroshi getting the assist on that one. Hiroshi, Hiroshi had a little point streak going. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but he's got a little point streak going, because every time I'm talking about a game, he's got an assist. Yeah. Cleveland answered back on the, or from that one, though, six minutes later, on the power play of their own. Chetikov and Fixolansky getting the assist on that. I've said that their oh. name's a lot on this podcast. We hate to hear it. But Dunn got the goal for them on that one. And then this guy in the third period guarantees, apparently, guaranteed Bob Kayser before the game that he was going to get a goal. Yeah. <laughs> and my God, he did it, and what a huge goal it was. Uh, Riley Sawchuk gets his second of the season, 14 minutes into the third. So at this point, you're thinking, we might seal this one up in regulation. This is done. Yeah, a little dump and chase, put it back in the middle of the ice, and he's like right there in that home plate area, scores. Yeah, Weatherby and Spezia get the assists on that one. Sawchuk's birthday was Saturday, too. What is he now, like 19? <laughs> I don't know, but a lot of birthdays, a lot of point streaks this week. Yeah, right? But unfortunately, I mean, that goal was 14 minutes in. Two minutes later, Cleveland tied it up again. Like I said, this game was extremely back and forth. Because they're still fighting for a spot, aren't they, in the playoffs? Oh, they're they're in the same, almost the same exact position that we are in there. Yeah. That one was scored by Bjork with Juracek and Fixolansky assisting on that one. <laughs> yeah, again, said his name a lot in any time we've been playing them. But Dom Shine comes through in overtime. Shiner. That was a sick goal. Yeah, it was. Um, and that goal was nothing without a good heads-up play by McIsaac. Yes. And Weatherby got the other assist on that one, too, which is a great little line to have out there in overtime. I love that line. Because Weatherby, good at moving the puck, an absolute killer in the face-off circle. McIsaac has been making great defensive plays, especially in overtime. And Shine, I mean, put the puck on the guy's stick. He's going to try to do something incredible with it almost every single time. Yeah, guys on a backhand, backhand goal right over the goalie. Yeah, it was sick. Went one for four in the power play for that one. So did they. Again, very even game across the board for these teams. Except for the fact that Griffin's put up 33 shots total to their 26. So... Shoot the puck more, get more goals. Love to see it. Love to see it. Uh, goalies in that game, Nadalkovic and Greaves, for them, both played out of their mind most of the game. For some reason, Jack Greaves, not a great goaltender in the AHL by any means, but against the Griffins, <laughs> is one of those goalies that Have shuts us down. Yeah, he has our number, man. That was the one. That was the same goalie that triggered Bob's, you know. Son of a, after the broadcast, <laughs> talking about his overall goals against average, but all of a sudden against the Griffins, it's like 1.9 or something like that. So we need to watch more tape on this guy, on this goalie. No, I'm not going to waste my time with that. He's not going to, no, <laughs> no. Not watching a Blue Jackets prospect, sorry. No, I mean the, te- the team, the Griffins. Oh, yeah. To be able to figure this guy out. I guess so. But Ned, good game. Stopped 23-26. Uh, made some... Crazy saves throughout the game as well. None of the goals I really fault him on at that point in this game that I can remember at this point. He's been playing solid. He's been giving us a chance to win. I mean, we're that's all you can ask for your goalies: give you a chance to win and hope that the team in front of you follows suit. Yeah. And they did in this game. They did a really good job. They didn't let you know this back and forth get them down. They kept clawing back into it, 
and yeah, they did a good job. But same goes for Cleveland. They didn't let it go either. They kept crawling back in, and they played a heck of a game too. So, I mean, that was that was a big game too because we're coming off of a streak. We're getting points in games. We're clawing our way back up, but we're. I think the big thing is we're running out of time. Yeah, time's a slipping. Which I mean, it set up this weekend's games pretty big. Uh, we needed, you know, we needed points to move up. Yeah, that's that's all I got on that game. I didn't I didn't get to watch it. it I had to watch most night. of that one. I caught. I think I missed the first period of that one because of work. The I mean, nothing else really notable about that one. I think I think my standout player in that game is gonna it's gonna be Weatherby. You know, he had two assists. He's a plus two in the game. He in the faceoff circle was extremely dominant. So good Actually, on him. I did get to watch a little bit of this game. I got to watch overtime. Yeah, I mean, you watched the best part. Yeah, I turned it on. Like I think there's like three, a couple minutes after the third. I got to watch overtime, and it was. I mean, it was quick. You got to watch <laughs> two minutes and sixteen seconds of the game. So, <laughs> and I was good like, job. Little, uh, I mean, shine snuck in from behind and put that in, and I was like, oh dang, okay, here we go. So yeah, no, that was um, it was a sick goal. We needed it. Yeah, no, good job to them. That was a good game. Then Saturday, I almost well, called it Friday. We lost. Two players. Yeah, in between this game? Yeah. Zarnik gets called up. Zarnik gets called up, which he's been kind of the standout call-up for the year. He's, I mean... Between him and Luff. Him and Luff are probably some of the better depth players when you're talking about people who are going to be in the AHL for probably the rest of their career, but are like the best back pocket person to be able to pull up into the NHL real quick because they don't miss a beat. They don't make mistakes. You don't notice them out there for tons of offense sometimes but you don't ever see him make a mistake and i think him and luff have been doing a really good job with that but the other big call up in that game who big call up big, a huge one you tall guy tall guy tall guy elmer no <laughs> still injured oh um, yeah sorry buddy um no simon edmondson gets his shot in the nhl 202nd Griffin to play for the Wings. Yeah, and I think that kind of settled the debate about what we've all been asking all season was who on defense was going to get that shot first. And I think per injuries, it really played into Simon's favor because Albert's hurt and McIsaac's hurt. Oh. So who else do you call up at that point? Of course you call up Edmondson. So before we get into well, before we get into Friday's game, we'll talk Edmondson in a second. Yeah. Or sorry. No, yeah. Saturday's game. Yeah. I this schedule sucks. Uh, we'll talk Edmondson. So he's played two games so far. Yeah. First game, you didn't get to watch. Yeah. You're working. working. I was at work, but was able to have it on TV and caught most of it. Nothing too crazy standout besides throwing a massive hit on McKinnon to start it off. Well, okay, yeah. And then made some really good passing plays, including one of his patented stretch passes right to Adam Ernie's tape. And you think they've done that before? Uh, <laughs> once or twice. <laughs> No, I mean, first game, definitely could tell the kid was nervous. Even he said it multiple times that he was nervous. Yeah, I mean, you're going up against the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, what a freaking <laughs> first game. He was saying before the game that the first, like, one of the first NHL games he ever watched was a Red Wings Avalanche game. Oh, nice. So it's crazy how that ended up being his first game. But he played solid. There was no complaints. There was no, like, oh, God, like... He's not ready. Yeah, yeah. No, he played a solid game. And then last night, so this would be Monday's game for the Wings, he, and I think this is a common agreement on most fans and the coaching staff, was the best player on the Red Wings team that night. Yes, we got smoked by Florida, and it's not really a good situation to say, hey, the rookie's the best player on the team that night. 
but he was by far better than everybody else. Even Lalone said it. I love the takedown that he had with Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> and but I can tell too, like Chuck had his stick, and so he's just like pushing him to try to get him off his stick so he can move. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I love that. I Chuck didn't get like getting bullied by the kid. I <laughs> got him a little rattled. <laughs> Which is what I loved about Mo last year, just giving it to everybody. Hopefully, we see this from Simon. The one thing they're trying to figure out now is: do we keep him for? Do do they take him for the whole ten games to burn his ELC? Or do we send him back down? Can we move Mackayzik or Albert up to like try give to give each one a little yeah, rotation? I don't know. That way we don't burn But the there's contract. a concern because Simon took that hit. weird hit in is being evaluated. We don't know if he's going to be injured or not. And then seeing Luff get called up by the Red Wings today, which is it, odd. It makes me concerned. Well, we've seen him run with, you know, um, an extra forward instead of a defenseman sometimes. And I'm wondering if we're hitting that point because if Simon's hurt, who the. Heck else is getting called up from Grand Rapids? Albert's hurt. Yeah. McIsaac's hurt. You already got Barton up here from Toledo. Yeah, you're not putting Barton up there yet. Well, no, 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 no. But like, you like, know who they pull? Lash off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that would legitimately be that's, the only option that they have. That's, that's a contracted Red Wing at this point. That's who you got to go with. As far as I know, I don't think New Power's contracts through Detroit. I think it's through Grand Rapids. Good for Lash. Hopefully that's him. Hopefully he gets that call up. No, hopefully Simon's not hurt. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. Best case scenario. I'm thinking worst case scenario. Yeah. I mean, it's a bummer. Like, I don't think either of us saw this coming this season. I think we saw Simon here for the remainder of the season. Um, all the way through. Just like they did with Mo. But it is super exciting to see the kid get a shot. And I'm super pumped for him. And he's obviously... I mean, two games in, it's hard to say, you know... Oh, he's going to be there for a long, long time. But that kid's going to be a Red Wing for a very long time. He's going to be a very good Red Wing for a very long time. I hope so. The The one thing that I can't figure out is he looked better in the NHL than he did in the AHL. Just like yeah, Elmer. Uh, Elmer looks better in the NHL than he does in the AHL too. Like Elmer had a, Elmer's had good good plays in the NHL, and then he comes here and you like... You I could, think Elmer's problem here is he tries to do too much. Yeah, I would, I would have to. Where up there, he knows that there's a lot of experience around him up there, and he's not going to try to be that one that's playing out of position. Carry the team on his back. Yeah. That, that is, I think that's I think that's the problem with Elmer. You don't think it's like a development thing or a uh, coach thing or a system thing? I mean, if we want to read into it that far, yeah. <laughs> I always want to read into it that far. Well, of course, but yeah, I don't know, man. I think I think I think Simon had the same problem though. What there was like at the beginning of the season, his like his play in Grand Rapids was not like top of the line like we were seeing recently before the Christmas break. Like before Christmas, he was just an okay defenseman here in Grand Rapids, and after Christmas, really his game established itself. Yeah, it did. It did. So I mean, he, he got way more comfortable. Yeah, and I think Elmer's still a little uncomfortable in this league in the AHL. He established himself in the NHL quickly. Obviously, he scored his first game. Yeah. Like, he knew what he was doing. And then to be back down here, he just hasn't really adjusted well. And I don't think that's a problem of his play. I think as soon as he's through training camp again with this team, I don't, I think it's just like last season or this season. I think next season he starts off in Detroit. I do not think he's here. It's been a weird season. He has. It's It's hard to keep track of. Too many transactions. 
It's not a lot of transactions this year. I don't know if it's just because we've been following it more or if probably, it's just it's probably abnormal. this is probably normal or below average, and we're over here like, oh my god, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just don't know what we're doing, especially with the, yeah, the whole Rana situation of like call up could come down like that. So, yeah. so Saturday's Griffin's game. Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. It was a home-and-home home series here but against the Admirals. And we needed these wins because we're eight points behind at that point in time. Ned gets the start in this one. Andreasen started us off in the first. Andreasen did get the first goal there. Which is good because we haven't heard much from him. Yeah, assisted by Luff and Mr. Lashoff. I haven't seen Lashoff in the score sheet in a minute, so that was kind of cool. That was that, that was, was it. it. <laughs> Game finished 2-1. to one. <sighs> Yeah, so... Well, here's that's not really it, right? So both goals, each team scored first or in the first period, right? It was one to one at the end of the first. No goal scored in the second. Shots were super even. Grand Rapids had ten in the first to their twelve. Grand Rapids had eight in the second to their eight. Like it was super super close up to that point. Grand Rapids had ten shots in the third to their five, so they they tried to run away with it, but Cooley, their goalie had either the best puck luck or decided to play a Vesna-winning goalies game this night. He was incredible. So we got goalied. Oh, we got goalied hardcore in this game. But they almost got goalied too. Ned also was incredible. 14 minutes into the third, he lets in a goal that if it's shot at him 100 times, he stops 99 of them. It's unfortunate. Oh. It was really soft. but it was, it was a weird angle, but it was really soft. I mean... Darn. I've watched that replay a couple times now, and I'm just like, ugh. I didn't get to watch the game. I was at a different game. Yeah, you you were, but that was that was a heartbreaker because oh. the Griffins played an extremely solid game. One of the things that they needed to do most importantly against Milwaukee was stay out of the penalty box. You know any penalties we had in that game? One. Yeah. Oh dang, that was good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm we not had looking one at one interference <laughs> penalty in the second period, which they killed off. Milwaukee only took two penalties. The ref let them play in this game. That's it good. wasn't a classic ref against Grand Rapids game. Oh, I hate those games. Me too. So, like, I don't, like, yes, we lost and it's a must win, but I can't complain. The team played very, 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 very well. Like, it is what it is. We got goalied. And we played, I mean, you've seen recently the games aren't getting out of hand. I mean, that game was, what, 2-1? Two, 2-1. One? Two, one. It was very, like... Not a lot of stops in play. Not a lot of whistles. The game kept going. The game flow was good. There was a lot of exciting plays on each end. Both goalies standing on their head. But Cooley had some saves where you're just like, come on. You know against any other team, that's that's going in. But somehow this guy was just on that night against Grand Rapids. He decided that this was going to be the best game ever for him. <laughs> and it, even, I think Bob had mentioned it in the broadcast, it's probably the best game that kids ever played. Dang. So, that sucked. Standout player for me in that one. Ned? Yeah. I mean, Ned did, every, again, Ned did everything he could to give the team an opportunity to win except that soft goal. Yeah. I mean, what can you, what can you do, you know? I mean, we're out. We're without Sarnik. We're out. We don't have Simon. Yeah, this, we, yeah we still had Luff at this point, but you, you're without those two, and then you have all these injuries because that was... Uh, McIsaac was injured that game. He's Didn't been I? out for a bit. Well, he well he played Thursday. What have, have they released? I don't. I don't know. I didn't. Ca- I haven't caught any parts of the broadcast. I don't know what his injury might be. 
but he was out. So, he, so yeah, the rundown. He's out. Johansson's out. Elmer's out. Edmondson's called up, and Zarnik's up. So this is like the most depleted that we've been probably all season. And you kept the team that's second in your division that close in this game. Like, it's a heartbreaker, but at the same time, you can't walk away from that one, like, with your head down. You've got to be like, okay, that's there's still positives to take away from this, even though we're at the point of the season where it's got to be wins. Yeah, there was positive things to take away from that loss because a lot of those key pieces of the offense and defense are not there, and these guys are figuring the game out still. So, yeah, it hurts. I don't really have anything to add to this game because I I didn't get to watch it. I didn't do highlights. I was still on Cloud Nine on the game that I was at. It just hurts. That's all this game did was hurt, and I was I really really nervous that. They the team would share that same feeling and come into Sunday's game just as down as I was feeling. They did not. Yes, we lost Sunday. We'll just get that out of the way now. We lost again. The dog game. game. Yep. Wolf. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but again, until the third period, we were in it. They yeah they didn't miss a beat. They came out firing on all cylinders. Grand Rapids, 15 shots to Milwaukee, 7 in the first period. They were putting the puck on net as much as possible. No luck. No but luck. again, Askarov gets the start in this game, which his play for Milwaukee this year has been nothing short of incredible. So hot goalie in the other end. We're going to get goalied again. Here we go. But, I mean, at least at this point we knew we were going to get goalied. It's Askarov. My thing on it is we should have been able to take advantage of Milwaukee this weekend. Like They had... Um, they were announcing on the broadcast that they've had six players called up to Nashville. They are depleted, and they were in a slump. We should have been able to take advantage of it, 100%, and we, we need, didn't. We needed points so bad to keep this even, like, a sniff of the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. And, well, part of the problem in this one is we couldn't capitalize on the power play. We had four opportunities, didn't get a single one. You could really feel the miss of Zarnik in this game, on the power play. Yeah. Like, you could really feel that. Uh, Milwaukee capitalized on one of their two power play opportunities they had as well. Uh, Only one goal scored for the Griffins in this one. It was in the second period. It was Luff, assisted by O'Regan. Another killer for us, though, is that Milwaukee's second goal of this game. So the first goal was power play. Second goal was a shorty. (laughs) Third goal was an empty netter. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, it was a lot closer than what the score showed. It was 2-1. to one. Yeah. It could have been 1-1 to one without that shorthanded goal. We, like, I wonder if we're still leading the, the league in shorties. We I'd probably are. I'd have to pull that stat. Maybe I can pull it while you're going over the other teams. Man, it's uh, it hurt. And it, yeah. You feel bad because Lethemann gets the start in this one for Grand Rapids with Ned playing the night before. And it feels like the two games he's played for us where he's gotten these losses, not his fault. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. I mean. He stopped 22 of 24. He played a very solid game. He looked good. He looked great. He looked good. There's, there's no issues with Lethman, Johnny dropping in. Yeah, Johnny dropping in, dropping in, man. <laughs> I mean, it It was the dog. It was a promotional day, Sunday. Good crowd on a Sunday. The kids were in it. The dogs, the dogs were in it at the, end, <laughs> at the start, at the National Anthem, they were barking, but uh, besides that, didn't really hear much from them after that. No. They kept trying to get them to go with uh, the doorbell 
but that wasn't really working. I was wondering the whole like warm up where they kept playing that stupid doorbell sound, and I was like, "Oh, it's the arena full of dogs. I'm dumb." I think next year when they do this, I'm going to bring a dog whistle and I'm going to blow terrible. that through. <laughs> they will not let you in now next year, guaranteed. Really? I don't know. <laughs> I'd do that if they listen to this, yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think they know. They need to know. update the doorbell sound though next year if they're going to try that. They need to do the ring sound because everybody has a ring camera. They don't use a traditional doorbell anymore. Or they should like knock. I think that, that, I mean... Oh, that'd be a good one. That would get it going. Um, but anyways, back to the hockey. I mean... The only thing that kind of stood out for me was Shine started out with a fight. Uh, McIsaac dropped a guy, too. Or no, not McIsaac. Um, Lashoff. Lashoff dropped the guy. dropped the dude quick. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that was but it. That came from a questionable kneeing call. That, no, sorry. The kneeing call was... Um, the result. That was what the Shine fight came out of. That they only labeled roughing. But Hiroshi gets kneed by some idiot on their team. It was a stupid penalty to take and a stupid hit to try to go lay. Hiroshi wasn't even in like a really like offensively powerful position to go make like a huge play or anything. He was just there in the neutral zone and boom, knee to knee. Um, Shine Dangerous. definitely took exception to that and dropped the gloves and dropped his his guy, yeah. which was nice. You always love a good shine fight. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Lashoff did drop the gloves with somebody in this game, too, which you haven't seen that in a long time. No, the guy wasn't expecting it. He got a good jump on him. Lashoff sure. laid a good hit, and the guy didn't like it. <laughs> but immediately Lashoff dropped the gloves and just put him on the ground. There wasn't really many punches thrown in that one. He just put him on the ground so the fight would end. So he ended it quick, but also laid a really big hit to initiate it. Yeah. So he 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 seemed pretty proud of it even after the game. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean three three games, one win, right? Yeah, a loss, and a loss. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much. It hurts. Uh, yeah, these last few games have hurt. Who was the only positive plus minus player for the Griffins on Sunday? Um, do you know? Let's say. Let's say shine. Nope. Sarango. It was. Yeah, second guess. Donovan. He had a good game. He was actually one of my standouts in this game. He had a really good defensive game. He's obviously having to step up and play a whole new role in the defense with Simon's uh, absence and yeah. Albert's absence and McIsaac's absence. <laughs> defense is depleted. It is depleted. As we're talking about depleted defensemen, Toledo just signed a defenseman for the remainder of the season. <laughs> That's a bad sign. Yeah, I think somebody's going to call them soon. Uh-oh. That's a bad sign for I, one of our guys. Um, I mean, I haven't, seen, yeah. I, haven't seen, I haven't seen any news from the Griffins yet about it. But Okay. Well, yeah, so Sabrango, I mean, again, he, he played a great game. He's stepping up and showing what he can do as he's getting more uh, of the weight put on his shoulders a little bit, which is great to see. I want to see him in those positions. I don't want to see him as the third-pairing defenseman getting 10 minutes at night. I want to see what that kid can do. I mean, at this point, what are, what are we playing for? We're let's, not playing for anything. Neither. So let's see what these kids can do. The Wings, the Griffins, we're not, I mean, the Wings are, our season, we're not making the playoffs. The Wings are not making the playoffs, no. and I don't think we are at this point either. No, I don't think so either. I mean, we kind of knew for a while the Griffins were not, um, just based off the play that we've seen. It would take a miracle, and I, the miracle could happen. Let's be real. There's always a chance. We're not eliminated. For the Griffins. Correct. We have three games coming up. No, the Red Wings are eliminated. My God. They're too depleted to even make a run. But we have three good opportunities to make a dent in some points over these next three games. Because we have Chicago on Wednesday at home. Winning, winning Wednesday. Wednesday. 
We're Should good we? on Wednesdays. We're decent on Wednesdays. We're getting worse <laughs> on Wednesdays. The weirdest part is that we have three Wednesday games in March at home. Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. I don't know who the heck organized that one. Um, but that's how that went. And then we play in Iowa Friday, Saturday. And the Iowa Those games are huge. games are huge, and we need a miracle to happen with Rockford just to have some losses in there. You know what I mean? I mean, we just got to take care of business at home first. It, it's all we got to do. Um, I'm assuming we'll see Ned Wednesday, Ned Friday, Johnny Saturday, or vice versa on those, which I'm excited. I really want to see Johnny get a win with the Griffins, man. This yeah, kid deserves it. He, yeah, I was literally going to say that. He, he deserves a win. Yeah, he does. He's been playing good. He's been playing so well with us. Um, I'm just very thankful for the goalie system that we have right now. But Anything you want to add for... Nothing I want to add for that games? game. I don't really have much else to add for the Griffins, unfortunately. Do you? Uh, I mean, we'll circle back for the autograph session at, at the end. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the end. That was a cool experience, but... That's, yeah. Um, yeah, man, nothing else. It's a, it's unfortunate. We had to go get business done, and we didn't. But I can't say that with the, where the team is at and their position of how many people are gone, that they didn't try their hardest. I think that was some of the hardest-fought games we've seen this team play. Yeah. Um, there was definitely no give-up there, and it, it sucks for them, but I, I hope they don't take that as they failed because with the position they're in, they, they did this is the best possible outcome outside of winning, unfortunately. Just three really hard-fought games. I mean, I just wish the team would have gelled earlier. <laughs> it would be yeah. a thing. Is like depletions now. Like we're in. I think this is the worst we've been. Like roster-wise, of like. I, I thought the beginning injuries. of the season was bad, but this is yeah. This is the worst it's been for by far. And not the fact that we already have we have three call-ups. Plus, well, I mean. Bergen still started the season here. We have four call-ups. Let's just say that. Bergen was hurt Shoot. for a little I'm bit. I'm sorry. Though. We have five. Chason's there. Gone, gone too. So there's five players that started the season or midway through the season with the team. They're gone. They're in Detroit. Right now, as it stands. And this is the best we've played all season. This is the best we've played all season. And your, the your top defenseman is in Detroit. Your next two top defensemen are injured. And... You have a giant that's also injured. Like I just don't, I don't. I guess I just don't get it. Like if we didn't play like this before, we we wouldn't be saying we're running out of time. We're running out of time. Like we, we would be in it. If the team was, if the team had played like they did these past, let's say six games. Yeah. Earlier in the season, the team had gelled like this at that point, and they were playing at this level, even depleted like this. We we clinched already. Yeah. It's a different story. Yeah, completely different. So I guess the question of the day on that one is, what does that team building look like? What do those what does that what do those drills look like? What are what are they doing to get this team to gel together? Because one of the biggest parts of coaching is team building. You've got to have your team on the same page. That's not just on the ice. It's gotta be on and off the ice. That's how you build those relationships. So I guess that's where the coaching question comes in decision into that decision there. Yeah. But I don't know, man. It's disappointing. It hurts. It does. But there's a bright future ahead for this team with the prospects that we'll have in the system. And there's an even happier story to talk about south of here in Toledo. South of here? I thought you were going to say Kalamazoo. I mean, you were in (laughs) Kalamazoo on Saturday to watch the walleye in person. I am just itching to talk about the walleye. I can tell. Uh, So Toledo... 
they played Friday, they played Saturday, um, they had a short week, which was, or, yeah, they had a short week, which was good. Um, Friday they played at Indy. They didn't have any weekday games? No. No. They they got to take a break. They got to rest, so, which is important based off of what's going on. So, Friday they were at Indy. They won three to two. First period, Ebbing scored two minutes and 19 seconds in the first. And this game was actually... A little different than what we've expected from the walleye. So, um, 3-2 win, but second period, power play goal for Indy. And then Hawking got a goal six minutes and eight seconds in. Uh, The assist was Mr. Ryan Cox and Mr. Gordy Green. And this was Ryan Cox's first professional, or his first game with the walleye. Oh, nice. His first pro game. His first pro game. Uh, Got the assist. Third period. They t- uh, Spencer Watson tied it up for Indy. So, so now we're going into overtime. So th- this is like the first time they've given up two in a long time. It is. Uh, yeah, it's a crazy. It's, you hear them go to overtime. I was like, oh, and with this winning streak, you're like, oh, no, this is how it ends. The, no, and it's not how it ended. Nope. Uh, surprise. Uh, Mr. Ryan Cox uh, got the game-winning goal in overtime. So his first pro game finished with a goal and an assist. Hawkins and Gordy Green got the assist on those. Um yeah, I mean it was that was huge for that kid uh, coming into the first first game, gets the goal, gets the assist. That uh, is, that's a lot of pressure right there too, because there's some big shoes to fill with all the call ups we have from Toledo right now in Grand Rapids. So and to, and to keep the streak going, us so that was their 17th win in a row. So first period, the shots Indy had seven, Toledo had 12. Second period, Indy had 11, Toledo had 10, and then Indy brought it. The third period had five, and the Toledo had two. And then there was only one shot in, t- in the overtime, which was Ryan Cox's game winner. Uh, penalties, there's four each. So nothing crazy. And three stars was, obviously you have to give first star to Ryan Cox, uh, game winning goal. And then Kosa was two, and mm-hmm. Watson was three. So, yeah, good, solid solid game from Kosa. Again, keeping eyes on him. So Saturday. 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 So you were there. I was there. I had this game circled. I was like, I might go to this game. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. And then Friday was St. Patrick's Day. And my buddy told me that Kalamazoo does green ice for St. Patty's Day. So I was like, I've never been to an arena that has green ice. I was like, I have to go to this game now. Um, we were talking to another season ticket holder. They had tickets. They were going. So I was like, I'm going to probably try to see if I can sit next to them. Because um, I'm going by myself. So that's weird for me. Uh, it's not something I typically do. And we had that crazy storm Saturday here at Grand Rapids. So I'm driving. There's like zero visibility. Can't see. I'm like, I should just turn around. But I marched forward. I went to the game. And I have to say that this was the best game that I've ever been to all season long. It was so different than uh, the Flint games. It was way different than the Griffins games. It it was it was everything that I wanted. Um, I've been so burnt out with the Griffins and everything else. So this was a good like injection into the veins of uh, hockey. So walking into the arena, never been to that arena before. Walked in. The announcer's going through his like pregame stuff of like. There's no bags. Um, you can't bring coolers in. He's cracking jokes through the whole thing. Like, Of course. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know. I was just laughing on my way into the arena. Like, that was good. Um, they were saying that they had FBI trained guards. 
they're saying um, you could bring in signs, but they have to be tasteful. Like it, it was just going through. Um, it was funny. It was exciting. Uh, go into that arena. It's very different. Um, it's a lot smaller than the Van Andel, which is to be expected. Right. Um, it was smaller than the. It felt smaller than the Flint Arena too. Um, the hallways it are just really tiny. Uh, yeah. Have you been there or no? Mm-mm. You. We'll have to get you out to a game. Um, it's very. It was very different. I walked in. Um, I was in like section E, I think it was, or row E, and there's I'm three rows off the bench of the players' bench. They have theirs set up with Toledo on one side and then Kalamazoo on the other. So the benches are split. Oh, the opposite side of the ice. Opposite side of the ice. Oh. I'm sitting behind the Toledo guys, which I was like, cool, that's that's awesome, because that's who I came to see. Um, but it's all Kalamazoo people behind me. You didn't go to see the K-Wings? <laughs> no, I didn't go to see the K-Wings. Oh, man. Um, their affiliate is Cleveland. Figure that one out. I don't get why the affiliates are... <laughs> so, so, wait, hold on. Yeah. So, our affiliate's in Toledo. Yep. But the Blue Jackets ECHL affiliate... Is here. Is in Michigan. Like, I can't complain based off of who we have right now, but... I don't understand why they... It doesn't make any sense for travel. Um, That's just weird, I feel. But maybe... I don't know when the contracts switch or they can change them. Hopefully they... I don't care. I don't want them to. If they did, do they have to move those players? Well, yeah, the Red Wings players. Yeah, they'd have to move them to Kalamazoo. Yeah, how many Red Wings players are there, though? Specific Red Wings... Kosa. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We have the other ones here. Yeah, it's a tie. Yeah, Krill. Like... No, I like the system they have. Yeah, that that was just it was that was strange to me. Um, so I'm sitting there. I'm, I got there late because of the traffic and or not the traffic, but just because of the weather. And like ten minutes in, uh, the the staff taps me, and I'm like, "Well, what's going on?" They're like, "You want to be part of the one of the games?" I'm like, "Uh, I really don't want to go on the ice." <laughs> like, I'm like, well, "What is it?" And they're like, "It's the puck shuffle." I'm like, "All right, I'm in. Let's do it." So, uh, they're like, at yeah, six minutes in, we're going to do the puck shuffle. And I asked them, I said, so which one, which one's the winning one? And they're like, you'll have to play to find out. So I thought I could get the inside seat because I didn't want to lose. Uh, well, that would have been awkward. Yeah. But the way they did it is if I win, my section could win the $10 in, for the casino. And then if I lost, the other section won the $10. So at the end, somebody was going to win, which was good. Um, but I ended up winning. I picked the right puck uh, shuffle. So. I was like, that's crazy. Uh, first first time in the K-Wing Stadium, and I got picked to go on the Jumbotron, which that was cool. I'm sad I missed that. Yeah, that was exciting. Um, Kalamazoo started off the scoring. They have a goal song. Did I tell you this? Yeah, you did. Uh, it's uh, Money by Billy Idol. It's weird. but And I was trying to listen. And unfor- like, fortunately, they only scored once. But... <laughs> Because I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, do, do they do... I, t- I was asking the guy, I said, do they do a chant with it? And they're like, yeah. I couldn't understand what he was saying because the, the crowd was crazy. Um, but they changed it to, like, your goalie sucks or something throughout the chant of um, the song. So okay. uh, I thought that was cool um, for it. Because we don't have a goal song. None of our players have goal songs. We just have the horn. We'll save that for another episode. Yeah, well, I mean, I would love to see that. So uh, that's why I like going to the other the other barns to see like what their experience is, how they do things, how they set it up. Because better than us on everything, mostly. Yeah, that's a different episode. But exactly. <laughs> um, I thought it was cool. 
Uh, Toledo scored it, and they tied it up a few minutes later. Crowd was insane. So Toledo had an entire section there of fans, and they had their cowbells, they had their uh, signs, they had flags. They were so loud. It felt like, I mean, I've never been to a Toledo home game until Sunday, but it felt like a home game. The Toledo people even said this felt like a home game because they were... You sent me one picture, and I'm like... You went to Toledo, you liar. It (laughs) looked like a home game. I saw a couple of videos, and they were just nuts. And the crowd was so into it. The Kalamazoo people were chirping, they were chanting. The Toledo people were chirping and chanting back. It was just overall a good time. And I'm just, it makes me pumped and excited to go to Toledo for next weekend. And I'm excited for you to see that, because we haven't seen this at all in GR. The entire no, season. we haven't. I think you brought that up to me, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm super excited about that." And I was, just, you know, thinking about it over the weekend, and when I was watching like the Milwaukee game in Milwaukee, even their crowd was way more into it than our crowd is here. Now, I don't know what attributes to that. And obviously, like we said, we're going to have an episode where we talk about this kind of stuff. But at the same time, I'm starting to wonder if like being able to build a fan base like that attributes to the cost of the experience going. Because you see these crazy fan environments in these smaller arenas and these smaller teams and stuff like that. And I looked, I, I started thinking about this. And I looked at the price of the Admirals tickets to ours. So much cheaper. Oh, really? So much. So I think the greedy side of it, unfortunately, gets in the way of being able to build these crazy fan experiences. Because... I know of many dedicated Griffins fans that would be like that, especially, you know, the people who used to go all the time back in the day, but no one can afford to do that anymore. So you think it's it's cost? I think that's a big part of it. I think it is a big part of it. Because the other thing that I was thinking was just more of the winning. If we won more, then we would... Well, obviously, if you win more, the people are going to come too. But at the same time, to be able to build... Like, chants and stuff like that take groups of people to start it and be there continuously. Like, those are the people that are dedicated. Like, even the small amount that we have in Grand Rapids, that's that same dedicated section that is there. They don't miss a game. It's those three guys. It's really three guys (laughs) that spark it, but they get enough people around them going, and then it starts to build out slowly. And those games we go to where they're playing well, the rest of the arena catches on usually. Yeah. But anyways, whole different topic. But that, yeah. I've kind of dug into the attendance, too, the last two days of, like, in... I mean, we're at the top of the attendance on both sides, so uh, we're going to figure it out. But a uh, couple other things that I grabbed from that game. Last minute, the play is announced, and the fans yell back, thank you. So I thought that was funny. We have that in the Grand Rapids sometimes, but again, it's, it's key people. Yeah, we we just need more of an experience. Um, at intermission, the whole Toledo side stood up and cheered and chanted, and I hadn't seen that during any of the Griffins games. Like a Swedish hockey league game right there. Yes, this is what I want. This is what I, I need in my life. Um, concessions, I walked around the stadium to see kind of like what was going on. And the they have like cutouts. They had places to like sit and like tables, like high top tables to sit and like eat and drink. And they had um, like kind of, yeah, it was just different. Um, a lot of their other stuff, the concession stands are built into the stadium, like our Red Bull one that we go, we've gone to oh, a couple yeah, yeah, times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just a very different, uh, very different atmosphere. Um, they had specialty drinks, which was I was like, I don't know if GR could ever do that, um, based off of how many people come to the our games compared. But well, specialty drinks are easy. You make a big batch of them. Yeah, the 
third period, I moved over to the Toledo side because... You moved your seat? I moved. That's illegal. I was three rows <laughs> off of the Toledo bench, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go sit with the Toledo people. And I sat all the way at the top, uh, met two of the fans. We talked the entire third period. Nothing happened through the third period, um, goals-wise. But, uh, it, I mean, I just kind of got that experience. I'm like, what do we expect for the next weekend? We're going to be there. Like, they were super welcoming. They they let me in on a lot of secrets and... Uh, not, I don't want to say secrets, but they gave me a good heads up on stuff of what to expect getting down there. So I, like, I was a cloud nine. Um, Toledo won. Coastal was in net. The things that I take away from the game, like, besides the crazy experience that I had, was, like, Coastal's so big in net. <laughs> like, That's right. This is your first time seeing him in person. Yeah, I'd never seen okay. him. Um, and he was on point every, every, like, every save that he was there, he never moved. Like, you couldn't, I, he was never out of position. He tracked the puck well. He never was, like, out of position where he's, like, sprawling or trying to find the puck. Like, he, he was always just standing there or, like, um, down and had the puck. Like, it was just always right there. Um, his poises. On point. Um, also, his patience. So, there was a couple scrambles at the goal mouth, and he was just, like, sitting there, like, ready. He could see it. He was ready for it and stopped it. So, like, that... That was exciting to see, and he's just a big kid. He's huge. he's huge. So I like I can't wait to see him up here if he gets called up here. The other thing too that I found like the Kazoo side was trying to start the wave, and when it got to the Toledo side, they didn't they didn't continue with it. The wave sucked. I thought that was funny, and then Toledo tried to start it, and then the Kazoo people wouldn't go into it. So why do people still do the wave? It's not fun. I don't know, but uh, Kalamazoo was down by that point, too, so I don't, I don't it's know. It's always the team that's down during the wave, too, <laughs> is what we've noticed, at least in minor league hockey. Yeah. Uh, stats for that game. Um, they Ben Copeland started off for Kalamazoo. Thomas Ebbing scored to tie it up. Uh, John Albert and Charlie Curti assisted. Second period, Ryan Cox. Second game in the uh, for Toledo <laughs> gets another goal. So we got two goals and assists in two games? Two goals and assists in two nice. games. Uh, Gordy Meyer got the assist when Ryan Cox and Hawkins also assisted. And then Charlie Curti uh, finished it off with 18 minutes left with, uh, or sorry, 18 minutes left in the second with Hawkins and Meyer also assisting. Um, while they were all over it, I mean, they had 15 shots in the first compared to Kalamazoo who had seven, and then Kalamazoo had 18 to Walleye's 12, and then Walleye had two compared to Kalamazoo's eight. So they really brought it the third period, but Kosa just shut him down. Once that one goal went in, I was like, it's over. Like He's not giving up another goal. Um, Kalamazoo had 33 shots total to 29 to Walleye. Um, three stars, Cox, again, uh, stepped up big, and then Curdy, and then Kosa. So... Um, their next three games, they've got Reading on Friday, Saturday Greenville, and then Sunday uh, Greenville. And these are all home games. So Yeah, they're back home after a long road trip. Long road trip. They've got 18 in a row. They are um, still chasing Cincinnati, which is ahead by one point with uh, since he's got a game on hand on him. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I, they... I just can't believe how big that crowd was. And the, even the Toledo guys were saying that they're going to have to start busing people to away games because the, it's getting that big. Uh, I remember when good. the Griffins were like that. How, when was that? I don't know. I think I was like eight years old. <laughs> so let's talk about the boys in Flint here, which uh, their first game was against Owen Sound, right? Yeah. And Owen. I got to catch the third period of that one through their streaming service, which shout out to that streaming service. 
I didn't realize you could pay five bucks and watch every OHL game that's played that day. <laughs> so, like, I saw they were tied going into the third period, and I said, screw it. Let's, I'm bored. I think I was editing last week's episode, and I said, let me throw that game on the, in the third period here, and let me see what these Firebirds look like uh, in real life instead of just hearing and seeing highlights. And I, mean, I hear the games through you. So, what'd you find out? They're fast. They are fast. That league is fast. Um, it's exciting though. It is. I was super into it. I'm not gonna lie. It was. It was just interesting. It's an interesting experience at that level to watch because everything is smaller arena wise. Yeah. By a lot than what I'm used to watching on TV. First of all, their stream quality, very good. Their um, broadcaster is amazing too. Broadcaster, sweet. <laughs> oh, Grant Fur. Grant Fur. <laughs> But the spoiler alert in this game is they lost, unfortunately. Um, but Owen's good. Owen's very good, and they were having to claw back into it. So when I turned on the game, it was 2-2 at this point. Lombardi had already scored. I missed that, but I was able to go back and watch it. That kid is so sick. This kid, if Wings fans aren't excited about this kid now, they need to get on board. Because he's freaking good, man. He's so smart with the puck. He, it's like he can see the future. He knows where the puck's going to be. Good hockey IQ. Good vision. Huge hockey IQ. You think he's going to be like Bergen? Oh, 100%. But Saturday. He's very, very Bergen-like. Like, he could be better. Nah, don't put that much pressure on the kid. I won't, but I'm just saying. But, yeah, man, like, the, I think I pointed out to you when we were at the Griffins game, and I was like, man, after watching that Flint game, like, these penalty kills, like, I need some of that in my life because their penalty kill looks like a freaking power play. Yeah. I don't understand they're, how and what they do. They're aggressive. They are so aggressive. And, you know, it ends up in some odd man rushes, and they had to count on their goalie a little <laughs> yeah, bit. They do, they do. <laughs> um, but at the same time, that play style, man, like, I'm, I'm sure that they have quite a few shorthanded goals against them. But I'm also sure that they've scored quite a few shorthanded goals. Um, yeah, dude, they're good. They're fun to watch. That team's fast. I can't get over that. I can't get over how fast the play is in that league, or at least within that team. And the crowd's in it, too. I mean, it was in Owen, so I couldn't really tell. I think that game was in Owen. Was it not in Owen? I don't know. No, it, yeah. was, it was in Owen. It was in Owen. Owen Sound. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man. I'm, I mean, definitely if I'm at home one night and they're playing again and the Griffins are off, the Wings are off or something like that, I'll throw that five bucks down again to watch them. No. 100%. Nobody. We're going playoffs. We're going Saturday. Oh, no, we're going. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to both. I want to hit both barns because I've never been to either of those. That'd be cool. But, I'm yeah, up man. for that. This, and from what I hear, the Saginaw crowd's pretty uh, aggressive. So, we need to wear some... Uh, Incognito gear. There. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to yeah. wear Flint stuff. I don't like... I, I don't think you might saw the, so I've seen the same post uh, I had seen about that. Yeah. And... I don't know if that's just one person's experience or not, but then I start digging into it more, and it appears that it's not. It sounds like their crowd is um, terrible. They when they went to the Flint game too, they were they were giving it to the Flint team, uh, the crowd. So. Did they lose? Yeah, they did lose that game. <laughs> Wonder and, why? Yeah, so it, it's there's some points that are cringy, but um, I don't be know. a respectful hockey fan. You can yeah. chirp, you can have fun, but don't don't be a jerk. Yeah, like come on. Like, I know in Carolina they called them a bunch of jerks, but they weren't jerks. Like, <laughs> like come on, man. But, yeah, they lose that game 4-3. to three. That was a heartbreaker, man. They they tried so hard. 
Um, Owen Sound had a couple really good bounces that worked out in their favor. Um, but again, just a super aggressive game from Flint. I liked what I got to see in that game. Because that's your first game like actually watched. Right? I've never watched them outside of highlights. And of course, you only see the good parts in the highlights. Right. But like, I mean, obviously I've seen some Lombardi highlights. Yeah, yeah. But dude, he's so good. Yeah, I'm he's excited. so good. I'm excited to have. You, I'm excited to take you to one of those games. I've been to Saginaw back in, when I was in college. We got free tickets for a playoff game, and it was like triple overtime. It was it was nuts. So right, I'm ready for some OHL playoffs, dude. I'm in. I'm all in. Let's go. Well, that's what we're gonna have to do since the Griffins aren't gonna be making it. Toledo's too far to go for a playoff game. I don't say never to that one. Yeah, I mean it could be fun, but I think it would be a blast. It would be a blast. So. Um, like, if, if we're talking, like, conference finals, I think we might have to, <laughs> yeah. have to make that trip. <laughs> that, I'll drive this time. That would be nuts. Uh, I'll drive that time. You drive this one, I'll drive that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. So they so that was, yeah, that was that game against Owen Sound. Um, then they... Lombardi had, I think, two points in that game. Two goals? I thought. No, I'm talking about the Owen Sound game. Oh. I think he had two points. He had an assist and a goal. Um, so he played well in that one. And then, yeah, they played Hamilton on Friday. Hamilton on Friday. They in Flint. In Flint. And they beat them. Yes, they did. 3-1. Yep. Lombardi had two assists in this game. Yes. Uh, played pretty well. I mean, two two assists, plus one, three shots on net. He went 12 for 16 in the face-off circle. So. Really good face-off night from him. Yeah. So. Yeah, not much else to talk about with that game. We didn't get to watch that one. So. We, yeah, we didn't get It was to their St. Patrick's Day game, and they had their cool St. Patrick's Day jerseys that went for way too much money. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I thought that we, we complained last episode about, or two episodes ago, whatever it was, about the Griffins ones. Holy crap. I didn't realize it could get worse. Like, whatever charity they donate that money to cashed in. I'm trying to pull up the cost there. So my friend sent me the... What these jerseys went for, and Piercy's went for what? Piercy went for fourteen fifty. And Lombardi went for what? Lombardi went for sixteen fifty, and those weren't even the most. Didn't the mascots go for a grand? Hot Wing went for a thousand, and then <laughs> their goalie Nathan Day, he's not drafted. I double checked this, and his went for twenty two fifty. Yeah, don't take a drink. You're gonna spit this out when I said this. Oh my, twenty two fifty. Twenty two fifty, which is more than what Simon's went for. When Simon's purple one went, it was like twelve. I think Simon's went for twelve fifty. So yeah, this is this. I don't think the Griffins have had a jersey hit two thousand all year. No, I don't think so. Holy crap, that's excessive. The the one thing too that Flint does with their jerseys, which I do appreciate, is that they um, do a letter of authentication. Which I saw that you had one of those. Yeah, you don't get that with the Griffins, which uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I it would be cool to have it, but also Flint. They do wash their jerseys before giving them. And after talking to one of the other guys that won a jersey the other day, he was like, yeah, mine was drenched and the autograph kind of wore off. I noticed that. I hope he goes to the team and gets it re-signed. I hope he does too. Because it looked, or maybe he did that night after the game. Who knows? I, I don't think he did. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, I know. I think I noticed that. He had posted a picture of his Ned jersey and I looked at the number and I'm like, uh, that's bad. Yeah. So... I mean, I love having the jersey right away, but I'd also like to have it dry cleaned. <laughs> I think I can wait the the week to have it dry cleaned and back to us. Yeah. Shipped, whatever. I mean, they figure it out. <laughs> Who knows? No, that's a good call. But yeah, that was a nice game for Flint. And then they played Saturday as well, right? Yeah, they played Saturday, London Knights. 
Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot they were playing them. This was a game against a very good team. Yeah, they played it at home. Uh, they won against London 4-3, to three, which is huge because London is what was at the top of the standings. So, um, I mean, it was a good game. Um, I like it. Pulling up the standings, uh, or not the standings, but the stats. So Lombardi finished with two assists, plus three, three shots on net, nine for 14 in the face-off circle. So, I mean, another solid game from him. He had two assists the night before and two assists that game, too? Yeah. Okay, so he can't, he's not just only scoring, he's getting them assists, he's, too. He's getting the assists, he's doing well in the face-off circle again. I mean, he's, yeah. he's I mean. He's getting geared up for them playoffs. Yeah. And He's going to be a weapon for that team in the playoffs. Oh, I my God. I cannot wait. Right now, I mean, we said last week that it was going to be close. Like, this weekend should finalize the standings for it. It didn't. It didn't. It's still <laughs> a mess. It's still close. Kitchener's at, <laughs> Kitchener and Owen Sound are both at 69 points. Nice. Guelph is at 71. And then Flint's at 73. I There's only two games left for Flint. And Saginaw has three games left. And Saginaw's up by four points. So they, they're not going to be able to catch them. I mean, they might be able to tie with them, but Saginaw's got the record, or Saginaw's got the overall through Flint. So okay. they're not going to be able to pass. So we're kind of lo- not, I don't want to say we're locked into that fifth spot because we could drop depending on how the other t- uh, games go. So it's something but It keep- looks like they're locked into play Saginaw in the first round. I mean, that's what I'm hoping because I would just love to see that those two teams go at it, especially with the crowd. So and that's what I'm hoping. I would love to be Hopefully able to... just kept civil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at you, Saginaw. And run to... That way we can run to Saginaw for a game and then run down to Flint for a game, and that that would be a good time. So Incredible. That's what I'm hoping for. Hopefully Flint just takes care of business the next two games that they've got. Um, I don't remember who they're playing. I don't remember what the this, this schedule is for them. That's okay. I mean, they got two games left, right? Two games left. Oh, one's against Kitchener and one's against um, Owen Sound. Yeah. And Friday, Saturday, so then they close it out. That's it for their regular season. That's it. The playoffs start. Man, we could have had Lombardi if they didn't make the playoffs. Dang. Yeah. We probably probably could have, but it's good. Keep them there. Get that playoff experience. Get get the experience. Playoff experience in any league is playoff experience. I'll take it. Yeah, and let's let's hope for a, a long playoff time. Watch the Wings just call an audible and send them to Toledo for the playoffs. Dude, that would be sick. <laughs> then we'd have to go. Um, I forgot to mention, uh, TJ Henske is actually practicing with the team right now for He's Toledo. playing this weekend. He's playing this weekend, so we'll be able to see a Toledo legend uh, this weekend. Yeah, very but, high-skilled player, so I'm excited about that. Nothing else to say for Flint there besides uh, we got two games left of the playoffs. Nothing. It should be a fun ride. I am just excited. I hope we play Saginaw. I really do. I think they match up well. We've had them. They took us in the beginning of the season, but the near the end of the season, we I mean, we've been getting better. So, and we've been able to beat them the last few games. So yeah, it's exciting stuff. I'm looking forward to the playoffs for both these teams. I am excited. So I mean, I yeah, I'm excited. But you know what? I was even more excited about the Toledo game on Sunday. I'm so excited about this Toledo game on Sunday. But you know what I was excited about over the past weekend? Yeah, I feel bad because you were so pumped for the autograph session after the game Sunday. And I was just not feeling it. You started to feel it eventually. I was like, I was just kind of let down after the experience that I had Saturday from at the Kalamazoo game. So Okay, well, all of us can't live the life you live. I know. So deal with it. Yeah. Um, but no, so the, for those of you that don't know, season ticket holders get, I think they do this once a year. 
um, where after the game, players are positioned across the concourse for signatures for like an hour, hour and a half. Um, it was awesome. It was good. I we were I was surprised that we were able to get everybody. I didn't know there was a time limit, which makes sense because the, you got to be respectful of the players too because they've been they played a game now they're here. They just lost. And, yeah. <laughs> so like I get that. Um, so I was like, kind of nervous too because they only set a limit for one autograph thing per player. <laughs> no player abided by that. No player did, and we had time. I. Th- I mean, we got to sign. We got everybody to sign stuff. Yeah, I don't think even the people who had them sign one or two things interfered with people not getting. I think everybody was able to get to everybody they wanted to. It was a very well organized event by the Griffins. I'll give them credit for that. Having it spaced out properly so everyone could wait in line. Yeah, the lines were not long. Yep. Uh, no one really held up anything. They had free snacks from the concessions that night too, which I wish they would have told us about. Yeah. We bought ice cream and could have had free ice cream. And a pretzel. Suck it, loser. No. <laughs> yeah, I bought ice cream. I wish I wouldn't have if I would have known it was free. No, but free. I mean, it was it was a, such a cool experience to meet the guys. Um, it was it was cool to meet them. I'm always nervous to meet like, famous. Yeah, people. you had me go first with every single one. Yeah, which made me feel better. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on it. We're, we're talking through it through through. You week. went and talked to people on your own. I did before the game. I was so proud of you. While I sat there in silence. Growing that comfort circle. Yeah, you know, you got to do it, man. But the autograph session was awesome. Um, the highlights of it for me, um, the Toledo guys. The Toledo guys were such in a good mood. Krill, Warad, yeah. Bart Barton. As soon as we mentioned to every single one Johnny of them. Johnny Lethman. I was getting to him. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. I thought you forgot. No, how could I forget him? <laughs> no, so as soon as we, every single one of the guys who had just been called up from Toledo, I made it a point of mentioning we're going to a game in Toledo yeah. literally next week. Their every, eyes, sing, every single time we said that, their eyes lit up, and yeah. they were like, no way. It's going to be such a cool experience. It's such a fun place to fit play. The fans are incredible. And then we brought it up to Johnny, and he's like, oh, who are they playing? And he said Greenville. He goes, oh, I used to play for them. And then he kind of like chuckled. Like, you know, it was like, Toledo should smoke them, and it should be a fun time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, man, those guys were super cool, super down to earth. Every player was down to earth. Every player was not like what you would assume some athlete is like. Maybe besides Albert, he always looks like he's ready to kill somebody, though. He's kind of got that Mo face where he's just ready to unleash, but he never will because he's just a nice guy. You said Almer or Albert? Albert. Albert Johansson. Yeah, he always looks angry. But at the same time, he's not. He's It's just his face. Um, getting to meet Elmer, uh, chat with him a little longer because we were able to circle back to him when no one was waiting in line by him. Um, he's super cool. Yeah, even tall cool. when he's sitting down. <laughs> you got a picture with him. I did get a picture with him, which was pretty cool. Um, we, I, even the coaches were signing. You, and they, and you they declined. Took a, they took a question from you as well. Yeah, well, they took questions from a couple of people. I heard it, people asking questions, and I was like, I'm going to ask a question, and I wasn't going to be a jerk about it, like. It's very easy to go into that situation and be a jerk. Uh, I decided to take the high road. Oh, there's a first. There's a first. <laughs> you, you know me so well. Um, and I, I mean, I asked Ben Simon what the hardest part um, for the adjusting the Toledo guys to the AHL is. And his instant response was teaching size and speed. Size and speed is the hardest thing for them to adjust to with him, in his opinion at least. Which is kind of what I was looking at, too, the last few games. I'm like, these guys are just not, like, some of these guys, not just the Toledo guys, but some of these guys just aren't strong enough to carry the puck in. Is that why we're playing this dump and chase? 
and we're not yeah. fast enough to get to the dump and chase sometimes. Well, I want to touch on that point, too. Well, I'll wrap up the autograph session first, because that's, that's kind of the last thing. I'm going to throw you a curveball again, because I oh, like throwing curveballs at you in these episodes. <laughs> um, and because we went a little faster than I thought we actually were going to go today. But he, yeah, he said size and speed. He did, you know, he, he mentioned Kirill. Like, Kirill is killing it in Toledo. Yeah. And, you know, he's not all over the score sheet in Grand Rapids, which is fine. You don't need... He doesn't need to be all over the score sheet like he was down there. Down there, you expect him to be on the score sheet constantly yeah. with the level of play he plays at in the in the ECHL. His role is different up here. His role is very different up here, and I, you know, you could tell like he he wasn't saying that as like a negative like he's doing bad here. It's just like that size and speed difference is definitely an adjustment for them to make, and they they don't have the free some of the free time to make the plays that they make down there. And that's why you see the difference in the score sheet between the AHL and the ECHL. And I, I appreciated his answer. I appreciated him even answering the question. Um, yeah, because he always seems so angry. He always looks angry. Yeah, he does. Yeah, man, that, the autograph session was cool. I'd never gotten to do one of those before. No, I wish we were more prepared, though, because I feel like I would have asked more questions to the players. I wish I would have thought that part through, too. Yeah, I didn't think about it until after. I'm like, dang, we could have asked players like better questions or, I don't know, just asked them questions. Shine definitely likes to talk about when he fights, you can tell. He yeah. appreciated that. And, uh, Ch- the other one, the table that I noticed was very different was Chase and, was it Spezia? Chase and Spezia, yeah. They were having a good time. They were having a great time. Like, they were so stoked and they were like, they were sharing. Maybe it was Chase and they're crushing a pizza. There's <laughs> these signings too, so you might have some greasy fingerprints on your cards. Sorry, folks. They had to share a, they had to share a marker, but they were like having a good time about it and like, oh, yeah. they weren't frustrated and it, they were, I think that stood out to me as those two were, besides the Toledo guys, those two guys were having a good time with everything. Yeah, every player, though, even after a loss, definitely like was able to leave that behind and create a good fan experience. You think there's so? Like, I think so. I think there's only one table that was awkward, and I think you just made it awkward. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> well, I thought Lashoff was kind of like, not Lashoff, who was the... Johansson was with him. Oh, okay, so yeah, that's like yeah, he, he seemed kind of irritated a little bit. He always seems irritated. <laughs> I've never seen the kid smile. <laughs> but that's just his personality. That's just who he is. I think everybody I've ever brought his name up to just always says he looks angry. But, you know... I'm talking about Lashoff. No. I felt like he was angry. No. Oh, okay. I No, Lashoff wasn't angry because I even made the joke about him dropping that dude so quick. Yeah, he did laugh about and that. And he was chuckling about it. He wasn't... He's No, Lashoff's not an angry guy. Lashoff is a man of the people. Man. He <laughs> has patience for everybody. I wasn't man. taking shots. No, no, okay. I know that. But Lashoff, Lashoff's cool. He's a good dude. Um, there was another table that I enjoyed. Oh, what was it? Ned? Oh, no, that's it. Yeah, Dad, you got your rookie card signed. I, that was cool. That was cool. Um, Riley. Riley Sawchuck's table. That was, yeah, Riley Sawchuck. He was the most humble dude I've talked to. I mean, granted, his experience, there's a reason he's humble, but... At the same time, like I handed him a puck and I was like, "Yeah, I want you to sign. Like that's your puck. I wanted I wanted his name specifically on one because I have a feeling this kid's gonna be something at some point." Yeah, and I was like, "Yep, I want that." And he was just like, his face lit up as soon as you told him, "Yeah, that, no, I just want your name on that." Yep. And another fan had mentioned the same thing. They wanted him to sign right front and center on something, and he was like, "Are you sure? Are you sure?" Yeah. Um, we had everybody had a good experience with Riley Sawchuck. I think he's quickly become one of my favorite players too. I love his play style, like yeah. Sabrengo, Shar, and like yep. Riley Sawchuck's up there. Yep. Yeah, it was... Lesby wanted to hit me. <laughs> yeah, so I, I personally told Les, Les Perrins, I was like, your net front play has been incredible, especially on the power play. And he's oh, thank you. Nick here I... goes, 
Oh, did Chase on teach you that? <laughs> I did. I wasn't meaning it for you a shot. You didn't even think. You just said it. I just said it. I didn't mean it as a I shot think it at all. it came across as a shot. Yeah, that's how he took it, because he didn't want to look at me. He was kind of, like, irritated. I was like, oh, um, wow. Yeah, well, we learned there. Whatever. Uh, whatever. But, yeah. Well, you just learned the right things to say, buddy. Yeah, I just struggle kidding. with just that. Just kidding. It happens. It happens to the best of us. I got nervous. It happens. It was good to see Cross there after his injury, too. He was still there signing for people. That was yeah, cool. Yeah, Cross was there. I was disappointed that McIsaac wasn't there. I'm concerned then... that he wasn't there. Yeah, that was odd. He was scratched for that game. He was scratched for that game. We haven't heard much about his injury. Um, and then as we were recording today, we see Toledo signed a defenseman for the rest of the season. So that I've got a bad feeling that we lost somebody for the rest of the season. And I hope it's not him. <laughs> yeah. The other person I was stoked was Simon and Simon wasn't there because he's still in the I was so, so sad. Yeah, that was disappointing because my hat is a hundred percent team side except for McIsaac and Simon Evanson. I wish I would have had a better plan going into it, and I wish that I would have uh had Albert Johansson sign my jersey too. I had him sign a puck. Yeah, we should have doubled back for your jersey. I should have doubled back. I forgot that you didn't these. get that one on there. I was the only one. Uh, there were, I think there was three that I didn't have signed. But but yeah, it was a cool experience. Cool now experience. we know for next time. I don't I don't know if I'm going to do it next year. Well, we just got to convince the season ticket holder to transfer us their tickets for that game if they're not going to go. As long as, remember, they didn't ask for the badge. They asked for the ticket. Or no, we had the badge to get into that area too. Uh, no, I didn't have a badge. I didn't bring my badge that day. He asked for mine. That's I just look more suspicious than you. Yeah. That's fair. He knew me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, I had to show both, but at the same time, I think you could get away with it with just a ticket. And when people do transfer and you like buy them, resell online, it still shows full season member if you get a full season member's ticket. So there's still a way to pull off an autograph session for the next season if we don't uh, renew, which probably won't, but that's a different story. Um, but the part I was going to touch on that we kind of jumped into when we were talking about, you know, Ben Simon talking about Kirill and the size and speed and everything like that. Yeah, let's double back on that. I have a concern that I've been thinking about over the past few games. Oh my god, me too. What's you go your first. concern? <laughs> I feel like it. Maybe I texted this to you. Maybe I didn't. Or maybe we touched on it. I don't know. I hate seeing you outside of recording because I feel like I tell you everything. Nah, <laughs> we're gonna record anyways. Nah. Um, isn't this what Steve's, Steve Steve is going to be drafting though? Is small, undersized, skilled, fast forwards? Not necessarily. Um... And then he wants a big body defenseman up in the back. He's he's. Oh yeah, your concern's different than mine. He's drafted big goalies. He's drafted big defensemen, and now he's drafting like players like Bergeron or Raymond, who are smaller, skilled, fast to go through. So you would think Simon's going to have to either what either leave the team or he's going to have to adjust to this play style that Steve is drafting these players for. I mean, that is a that is a definite concern when it comes to the coaching side of it. But my and the other concern for me though, um, is our conditioning. I'm really curious about what's going on with that because I feel like I've never seen the Griffins and the Red Wings themselves go through as many injuries that aren't play related specifically, like a hit or something like that, as we've seen this season. And we're seeing the guys go down quick and for long periods of time. I'm questioning what the strength and conditioning looks like. Because, like, even watching just the wings last night, like, Berggren came into the team, and he was hot. 
he's been kind of quiet since. And I'm watching him yeah. get outsized everywhere. Like, if Bergen can put on 10 pounds of muscle in the offseason, he's yeah. going to be extremely dominant. And I think a lot of our players in that aspect, we need a little bit more bulking up. Because you see him go for these hits, and you're like, he's got him lined up for a big hit, and then he kind of bounces off. Like, <laughs> you got to finish that check. Like, you're going to stir things up. But I, I am concerned about the time and conditioning. Because I remember back in the beginning of the NHL season, there was a game against Buffalo, and they had talked about the Buffalo's coaching approach. Um, and it was less practice time. More gym time. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And that team has gone... I was, I, after I thought about that and thought about this point for this episode, I was looking at their injury, like, injuries through the season. There's not a lot. They haven't had to rely on the call-ups as much. Not at all, really. Um, so that's, 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 a, that's a... It's just something I'm wondering. Like, I obviously don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that routine looks like. But I think some of our dudes really have to size up in yeah, this offseason. and get faster. Yeah, I mean... If we're going to play this dump and chase game style, we need to be faster. We need to be able to forecheck, backcheck, paycheck. <laughs> exactly. I think I think I even saw an article that, this week that was like, if Casper puts on 10 pounds of muscle in the offseason, he's going to be unstoppable. I'm so excited for this kid. I'm very excited for him, too. Um, but yeah, man, strength and conditioning is a big part of sports, and if you're not doing it right, you're susceptible to quick injuries that are lengthy and that's my concern right now that's a good point i mean yeah i don't want to just see the boys go out there and be able to take big hits like i do well no, yeah. i don't want to lay i don't want to watch them play, play big hits, not <laughs> big hits. um but like you even look at like chase on like you know chase on went through some serious conditioning to get back to pro hockey level after being gone for a while and even when he's in detroit he's out muscling people for the puck to win those puck battles and make the opportunities that he has turn into goals, especially like on the power play and the net front there. What are we seeing Les Perrant's doing more and more? That net front play, he's out-strengthening people for the puck. Yeah, nobody's moving him. No, exactly. And then everywhere else, you see these like board battles and we're just losing every single one because we're getting out-muscled every single time. I don't think it's a concern of the size of the player that we're drafting. I'm just concerned about the strength and conditioning side of it. There's some things you can't measure, like the size of the dog. The size of the dog? Yeah. If the they, dog got that dog they got that dog in them? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't know where you were going with that at first. I was like, what? But yeah, that's that's my final thoughts there. Um, Anything else you want to add for this week, buddy? No. I mean, the Griffin, what's the schedule coming up? We've got... So we've got Chicago at home tomorrow. So hopefully, of course, because it's a Wednesday. Yeah, well, I, I, that's where there's part of me that wants to have this episode out before the game actually happens. Um, and then we've got them in Iowa Friday and Saturday. And then Toledo has three games. I think that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then Flint has two. Flint has two. I, I just, I'm on cloud nine for Toledo. I cannot wait for that game. I... I'm just, I'm excited. I'm so excited to, for you to show, for you to be there, you and Heather to be there, to see, to feel this energy because it really just rejuvenated me. I don't know. I'm always excited for hockey, whether we're losing or winning. It's always exciting. 
Because when you start thinking about it in the way we do for this podcast, it starts, you start thinking about the game as an overall and you start thinking about the individual efforts of certain players that you're looking to grow into the NHL. So if we start doing terrible or we do terrible this weekend, at least I know I have something that I can still watch out for. So are you saying we're like a development podcast? (laughs) We need need a lot of development here. A lot. And we're not a development because we're a development team as well. Right, we're not a culture winning culture team. We're a we need to be both. Yeah, yeah, we'll dive into that later. God, <laughs> I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about next week. We'll probably just talk about Toledo. <laughs> no, I mean we'll obviously talk about the Griffins too. Pumped for Toledo, super pumped for this. Excited for Edmondson. Hopefully he's healthy. Yeah, I hope Edmondson's well. I'm so excited to see him in the NHL. It's so great. I'm hoping he's still there in Detroit when we go in April. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> I know. I did. So I was like, oh, at least I'll still get to see him again. I hope he's not, honestly. I don't want him to burn the ELC this this year. Ten games. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want him to burn the, ten. I don't yeah. want him to burn the time. That's fair. We that's need, fair. We need the time. We need the time. But anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Give us a follow on Twitter. Follow us and listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. We're still working on Google and YouTube. Sorry, guys. Uh, We'll get those figured out. But other than that, we will talk to y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Hockey Town West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeyTownWPod and your host, Nick, at GRHockeyGuy and Brandon at BrandonCook397.